Patrick's Day Eve. Yeah. People were uh, already celebrating St. Patty's Day last weekend, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? I forgot it was even St. Yeah. Patrick's Day this week. That would have been not, not too new- many Irish people in Texas, huh? Uh, zero, but they, they were still celebrating. They were dressed in green. People were, that- my, my dad was saying people were celebrating in Newport like it was the normal parade. It was busy. That's what he was saying. Like the street was fucking packed. There's obviously no, no parade, right? No, there no. wasn't a parade, but yeah. people pretended there was. Love it. Yeah. Ready for a Guinness? Tuesday Guinness? Erin Gobra. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. They say it around St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Is it somebody's name? <laughs> no, it's just a, it's a phrase. Look it up. Erin Gobra. Uh, yeah, but that's not how you say it. How do you say it? Erin Gobra. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how you say it either. Title for uh, today's episode, check. <laughs> it's ang- English Englishization. Ang- Englishization. I'm sorry. That's the name of the, is an English. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Um, what? Aaron Gobra is an Anglicization of. I don't know what this. Means. So Aaron Gobrog apparently. Yeah, I want you to help Jared out. Jesus. So Christ. I think that's what they're. So it means Ireland. Means... Ireland until the end of time. That's what it, apparently yeah. it means. <laughs> the Anglization word was throwing me off. I thought that was the language. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I think but I think Ga- that means it be it's Gaelic? an English version of them saying Irigobra or whatever the actual saying is. Irigobra. <laughs> Ireland until the end of time. I like that. I can get down yeah. with that. Dude, Irish wild, know how to though. drink. Italians know how to eat. I got a good mix. Be, be sure to everyone should say that to one person tomorrow and see what they say. <laughs> say it to yeah. my fucking my Indian coworkers. <laughs> hey, Mahindu. Oh, I wonder if they've heard um, of anyway. Patrick's Day. Ooh, very much good, Jared. Very much good. <laughs> Let's say, oh, who is who? Yeah, who is St. Patrick? That's a great fucking question. I have absolutely no idea. We just like pretend he, he was a leprechaun. <laughs> is that why? Is that what we pretend? Him I don't. To the be? only like, but I think St. Patrick's Day. I think a leprechaun, Guinness, and, and so you automatically your head. Like, just, I know nothing about St. Patrick. Patrick. Your head just fuses the two together. <laughs> yeah, I think he was so like, a picture of a leprechaun. I think he like fought snakes. I'm not even lying. I think that's like part of his background. Like he was just a big snake guy. We can we can deep dive into that next week. Perfect. <laughs> can't, can't wait. Have that for a fucking tease. <laughs> First um, off, Ty, before we get into anything, did you get into a fight or something? No, nah, dude. Well, I told that I told you guys already. I wasn't sure if it made the air, but I have a fucking badly deviated septum. Oh, you oh, did. Yeah, you did, did say, say that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, whenever allergy season comes around, like it's literally almost impossible to for me to breathe like through my nose. Like, I have to supplement it. Like breathing through my mouth, which drives me insane. I can't do it. Oh god, so, like, that I, sounds terrible. It it sucks. Um, but surgery is going to cost me like over three grand. So I'm not like not yeah, jump, you jumping. Up. You at can the, put yeah. up with it. Yeah, put up yeah. with it for now. <laughs> um, what is that? One of those breathing strips you have on your nose? Yeah. Um, Open those bad boys up. It was uh, t- this weekend was definitely my first like, holy shit, like. It feels like COVID is over here kind of moments. I saw one of your either like Instagram stories or maybe you sent it to us of downtown Dallas. Dude, it was nuts. Like 
I, we just stumbled upon it. Her and I went down to downtown. Um, and we had, like, it was our first time there in a while. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Like we just, you know, we'll, like I said, we still eat inside, but, um, you know, everyone inside at least has been like wearing masks. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, left, uh, we went to like a, a, like a rooftop bar and then left and then we were just like, all right, let's head home. And we actually like went out early. So it was only like eight o'clock or whatever. Um, and as we're walking back to the car, all of a sudden we just hear this music like bumping and we're like, what the fuck is that? And we get to the end of the block and we like look to our left and there's just this rager going on like in the middle of the city. And I don't know where we are. I mean, I've never really been down there. So I was like, what the fuck is that? It was some like, you know, AT&T sponsored some like, you know, square in town where they, you know, have all these like restaurants and then bars that like, kind of overlook this like, you know, concert venue type area. And they were it was just like a street party, like no band like or anything. Miami. They just had massive speakers like next to this uh, like statue. And we're just like blaring music and people were just like partying. It was people like all on the balconies, like above us. And I was like, nobody's wearing masks, like legit nobody. <laughs> I didn't see any masks in your Instagram no, story. No, zero, zero masks. And I was just like, holy shit, dude. I was like, I haven't felt like this in over a year. I well can't over wait, a year. Dude. I can't wait. It was it's fucking incredible. It was fucking incredible. I'm ready to just hug, kiss, and hump anything with a pulse. Like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it the right thing to do right now? I'm sure it's not, but, you know, um, it just it felt fucking incredible. Yeah. It's like, this is so cool. Like, people just outside, like, dancing, having a good time. Like, you can drink out in the street there. So everyone was just partying. It was fucking awesome. Hopefully, yeah. a sign of things to come. I hope. We seem heading I mean, in that it's direction. Definitely a, it's it's definitely yeah. a sign of things to come here. It's already happening. I mean, right? It's a hundred percent. You just see like everything. every every few days, you'll see some news article that's like clearly just fear mongering of new mutated strand pops up in South Africa, like or plateau for three days. We're not out of the woods yet. I think it's literally just like fear porn, but you definitely see all those like stories pop up. I read a dude. I read a story, um, and I'll I'll wait for you know me to believe it until I hear it you know from other sources. But um, I heard that like Pfizer is like starting to put it out there that like they may need a third dose and that you may need like a flu shot, like a a dose like every a booster. Year. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the booster article. It's like you motherfuckers are just all in it for the fucking money, man. What they Wouldn't make, surprise they make me, out, dude. I mean, obviously, incredible, you know, work of science. I, you know, I don't want to yeah. try to underscore that, but like, I, I get that everyone's got to get vaccinated now, but like, I, I'm not trying to get like fucking 18 shots like every year to make sure you get the J and J virus there is. I don't know. Even if you think about flu shots, dude, it makes you think like our flu shots are some money grab too. Like obviously we don't pay for them; they're free. I think they are. Like, <laughs> but, what do they but give for no you? good like reason. 20, I mean, it just they give you like twenty percent protection against the flu. Yeah, and like for young healthy people, 
flu is not really something to be that concerned about. Like it sucks. Well, it's the same same idea that we have with COVID, right? Is it's not about us. It's about us giving the flu to like elderly people. Right. The people who are most at risk. But my yeah. thing is like, dude, like knock on wood, like thank God. Like I haven't gotten a flu shot since I was like a kid. I go on this year. This is the first time in years. And I, I you know, I'm healthy. Yeah. So, and I've heard people who are like, yeah, dude, I mean, I was the same way. And, you know, some years I'll get a flu shot and I'll get the flu. Like it, it's like a hit or miss thing. So the, the flu shot industry is about $4 billion as of 2015. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. It's all fucking okay. It's all a scam. Fuck that, man. Wait, so if um, we think the flu shot's a scam, then who's to say that these vaccines are a scam? No, I'm not saying the flu shot doesn't work. Like, I, was, I, think yeah, I think it was probably like just a, a miracle, the same kind of miracle that this COVID vaccine is. It, I'm sure that vaccine was when it first came out. But now they just keep doing it every year. Like, hey. Yeah, and I mean, at 20%, like I had no idea what the numbers were, so. Um, yeah, I thought I saw like the efficacy of a flu shots anywhere from 40 to 60. So that's a little maybe, low. maybe that's right. Yeah, I but, was, but, I was even guessing. then, even then, that's not that that's not that's still you're giving yourself on average a 50 percent chance. So you're not going to get it. That's not yeah. guaranteed to to not get sick. So, um, yeah, I mean, I only don't get it just because I never fucking think about it. Like I've never once no, thought to get I don't, a flu shot. I'll you know? only get it if I'm at the doctor and they're like, "Hey, do you want a flu <laughs> shot while I'm here?" <laughs> I was just gonna like, say, right, sure. yeah, the, that's the, what happened this year. They'll say like three things and like, "Well, I'm here anyway, so I might as well do this and that." So yeah, I've no. never like scheduled an appointment saying like specifically I need to get this flu shot. The, the worst is when the fucking CVS cash registers ladies cashiers they'll do it and like, "Oh, are you gonna get your flu shot while you're here?" It's like, "Lady." You're a fucking CVS cashier. Do not tell me on what I need to do to be fucking healthy and try and get me to get a flu shot. Yeah, I don't I don't appreciate people who like, uh, you know, if you don't get a, like a flu shot, they're like, you know, they try to do the thing that people do with COVID. Now it's like they shame you. Yeah. It's like, oh, you really you, you really need to get that. You really you really should get that. It's like, Dude. well, my the, the anti-vaxxer good. thing with kids is a fucking like crazy dark hole. We could spend a whole episode talking about like yeah. how crazy that movement's gotten. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Um, luckily, I think it's uh, I think a lot of people are hesitant with this vaccine because it's the first one that's came out in our lifetime. But yeah, um, I think there are a number of reasons. Yeah. Like I, I think they were talking about on maybe it was rising or maybe it was somewhere else, but you know, they were like, one thing that's like overlooked is just, you know, young people just saying to themselves, like, look, I don't think this virus is like that big a risk to me. And I just um, don't want to get it or I'm just you know, yeah. going to choose not to get it. Um, I mean, I'll certainly get it, but I'm not like fucking scouring the government website every day thinking like, when is my turn? Like when I get it gets to me, it gets to me. Um, I Dude, I, I saw a letter. I might be able to say I'm an essential employee. Yeah. So I saw that letter too, and it's made it super confusing because the lady who like runs our Andover site sent out a follow-up saying like, Hey, because you have this, like these are the locations you can get the COVID vaccine starting immediately. And I checked it out. I was like, she's definitely not right. And then she sent out an email like four hours after that saying, sorry, I was wrong. None of us can actually get the COVID vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) So they just made it like super confusing by sending that out. It depends on each state. Rhode Island and Mass, I don't think we can yet. Okay. Gotcha. 
Um, yeah, I wonder what it's like down here. Uh, I thought that was interesting. They've um, been doing vaccines down there or now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are I, I do think. Them. I think, dude. Oh yeah, you know what? Um, they they have it uh, set up at uh, the high school stadium. The they have a huge, huge high school stadium and for McKinney uh, down the road. And there was vaccines like there were lines like I couldn't believe how long they were. Um, really? Like every. I don't know if they were doing it during the week because I would rarely drive over there during the week, but like the weekends, like every yeah. weekend, like they would have stuff there. So they you saw they were using Schneider's Old West Kingston office for a vaccine clinic, right? Yeah, I saw that. It's pretty well, cool. Might as well be used for something. <laughs> Just collected dust. Well, I mean, while we're on the subject, I thought it was important to hear from, uh, you know, one of the world thought leaders as far as vaccines are concerned. Oh, you're getting the vaccine? Hell yeah, man, for sure, for sure. So like, if you don't mind me asking, like, are you a big vaccine guy? Or are you like, you kind of just hopping on the bandwagon or what? What's your favorite vax? The flu shot? Oh no, 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 no. I was afraid you would say that. You know the flu shot's like literally the most popular vaccine, right? And you call yourself a vax guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no offense, you're kind of a poser. Like, you're kind of a poser bitch. I actually went to high school with Johnson & Johnson. I fucking love those guys. I remember when they dropped Tylenol. That was their, uh, that was their first big hit. I would take a bullet for Johnson & Johnson. Like, I would literally take a fucking bullet for Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> No, but actually, Johnson & Johnson would fucking hate you. No offense, dude, but like people like you piss <laughs> off. I've been a vaccine guy my entire life. HPV, pneumonia, chicken pox, shingles, flu shot, COVID vaccine, you name it. I literally have all of them. I literally love vaccines. You can get the COVID vaccine, but just know like you don't deserve that. Oh. <laughs> sass, baby. The, the sass man. Dude, he, he might... He's on a run now. He might go be on this fucking podcast every episode from here on out <laughs> if he keeps rolling out these videos. See, if he wants to actually join. He's not that famous. No, not not at all. I, I would think he's very much at the ground level of Barstool, so we, we may have a shot. What's up, Sass? <laughs> I mean, and the good sass. thing is he's not like... Part of me was like, oh, I wish you released more videos. But if you released videos like every other day, like a lot of these I'd people do, I would yeah. totally get sick of it. So I'm yeah. glad it's, it seems like, like we say about that blonde kid, uh, Joey, Joey. Oh my Alonara, God. It's like, him doing the same thing in every yeah, video. It's all yeah. right. Yeah. It's the same Goodfellas voice, like in a million different <laughs> like scenarios. Quality over quantity. Right. Um, I, I didn't want to really spend any time on it, but um. Could you guys believe like and, and I wouldn't have known because I, you know, as much as we pay attention, I don't really pay attention. I couldn't believe that Biden set the record for longest run of not doing a oppressor for a president in American history. Yeah, I mean, I guess I never really noticed that either until I read that. tweet. Right. Then. But it kind of goes along if we if we like sit back and think about it. He was he was barely in front of the cameras during yeah. the during yeah. the, the presidential race you know, in, in its entirety. So this has just been, it's just continued on into his presidency. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, there hasn't been, has there been like a state of the union yet? I don't think so. Yeah. There's He's been, done, uh, he did uh, an appearance the on thing CNN. last week. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. Uh, but like, like an official state of the union. I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that that usually happens like, January, February time frame. Right? Well, I say, yeah. I mean, I, I figured the that state of the union though, like I, I'm looking for him to, actually answer some questions from the press like i think that's yeah. what everyone's so well, that too you're right i mean like why everyone's so reluctant to put him out there is because like 
he look he's good at like I, I didn't watch the speech share but you know you said it, it was, was kind it was of a snooze solid. fest i mean you know he knows yeah. how to do that right like i think he can get up there and read a teleprompter sure um but like he can't really react on it like quick on his feet to some of these tough questions we know that's exactly why he hasn't been in front right. of us yet they're hiding him right yeah so i mean i don't know i i, I kind of don't blame him i mean if we if we like let, let's not forget why in Texas? Why, 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 Mendo Caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the <laughs> and so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. And he cut off a six foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> right. It, it's I like those are some of my funniest moments. I can oh, I just love it. it makes me smile. It makes he's me he's smile. somebody you would like stumble into visiting an elderly person in a nursing home, and they'd say, Oh, that's just crazy Joey. Ignore Yeah, him. it's just Uncle Joe. And again, and, and and to your points, like that though all those clips were unprompted clips. Yeah. They weren't like yeah. him in, in a, at a podium reading a speech. That was all just like random things he was saying or responding to random questions that he wasn't prepped for. Like imagine sure him with like of- I don't know who it is, right? But imagine him in front of like some of the sharpest world leaders. Like and having Just like imagine him in like the UN negotiation. Or yeah. Right. Like talking to the to the members of the UN and having to, you know make a speech and then be Dude, asked a th- question. Th- think of awesome. the mind pretzel Putin could put him in. <laughs> That's like a change the topic a couple of times. I, I, not I, even I, gonna I, remember I, what you're talking about. Get him to agree to something. Putin, you know, you, you know, you know, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but are we going to get a press conference eventually? Doesn't I mean, sound like it. I'm sure, I'm sure we will, but it doesn't seem like it's uh, a priority. We have made it two and a half years into the Joe Biden presidency and he has yet to take a question from the press. Um, Here's the question. Does, what? How long does Biden make it before like, they start to actually question his mental fitness and start talking about Kamala? Is it through the whole first term? Uh, I think, he I seems think okay now because we don't actually ever see him do anything. Yeah, and that, that that that's the good that's a good strategy on on yeah. his administration's part. Keep him out of the spotlight is unless you absolutely have to put him in there. Imagine if they literally just have him doing fake shit in the Oval Office, like you give <laughs> a little kid a PlayStation controller that's not plugged in and tell them they're playing. Well, well did you him doing? Did you guys see that? Things? Yeah, but so to that, well, like there was a, I don't, it could have just been Photoshop. I have no idea. But like when he was first, when he first got into the White House. 
they were they were at pictures, obviously, of him like doing stuff in there. And then they showed what the White House, like the Oval Office looks like. And then they showed the room that he was in. And it was meant to be like it was portrayed as the Oval Office. And people were starting to say, wait a minute, like, do they have Biden like some random ass room? <laughs> they don't even it's have the, it's the padded room. I swear to, yeah, like I swear to God, it was like, you know, and, and they showed like they they showed the view from outside the window behind like, you know, the, the president's desk. And there's like a parking lot back there. And everyone's like, there's no parking lot behind the Oval Office. So people, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't anything major. I do but. know that he didn't officially change his address to the White House. His address is still Delaware. Oh, he so goes maybe back home every weekend. Him, yeah, maybe they have him working out of his house a decent amount. Just keep him away from the AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets elected for president. It's like, all right, come on, buddy. Hey, sit down. Hey, relax. Keep it together. Easy. Hey. I mean... Hey, to be to be here. honest, though, and it's exactly <laughs> what they wanted. It's exactly yeah. what they they they, they handpicked this situation. Well, I mean, I think it, it, he was absolutely the the guy to beat Trump. Just the For most sure. boring, you know, like not going to offend anybody, not going to throw anybody in a you know in a fit. Like Republicans, even now, I you know you, you hear it on the rising, like are struggling to really fucking pin down how to you know um, combat. Yeah. A Joe Biden president. Um, there's nothing to combat. <laughs> he's just kind of yeah. not around. <laughs> yeah, um, there's not much that he stands for. So I uh, I was surfing on Twitter and uh, a, a few days ago, um, it was the anniversary of this video that I'm about to play. And if you guys don't remember it, these are all like some of the biggest celebrities uh, on the planet and decided like a week into the pandemic that they were going to lift everybody's spirits by singing. Oh, song I remember this oh, video, dude. Man. There's no heaven. It's easy if you try. Imagine doing this. I'm, thinking, I'm making a difference. Imagine all the people living for today so that right there was sarah silverman yeah. a year ago i i also saw uh on twitter this video um and when i put it in my notes i just said welcome to the club sarah silverman it's the absolutist ness of the party i am in that is such a turnoff to me it's so fucking elitist you know for something called progressive she's been a crazy it allows Democrat for zero yeah. campaigning for them it's all or nothing no steps toward all or fucking nothing again righteousness porn and i've been thinking about this a lot just in general fuck yeah i i just i don't know that i want to be associated with any party I really, I think I don't want to be associated with any party anymore. It just, it comes with too much baggage. Every party, it comes with so much fucking baggage that no ideas can be taken at face value. And without ideas, what are we? Without a common truth, how can we talk about it? You know, Republicans might hear an idea that they would totally agree with. But if it comes from AOC, then they hate it. 
And of course, you know, to be honest, when I hear an idea that comes from a Republican, it's suspect to me. We all put we all put too much shit on this stuff. We no longer are able to be a nation of ideas. What do you think about that? You don't hear me say this much, but Sarah Silverman, spot on. She preaching to the choir or what here? Yeah. Welcome her with open arms. Uh, of I course, that didn't that's make stunning. the news. Well, yeah. I mean, I just think that's stunning because of how like staunch, like staunchly Democrat she was, like cheerleading for whatever establishment candidate that, yeah. you know, got got put up. And, you know, I, I don't really know what is all of a sudden flipped the switch for her, but. You know, it's going to take more people like her being willing to say that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if she got any backlash. I mean, I would hope not. Um, she probably got wiped off the face of the planet by the last time we'll ever hear. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any, like, terrible comments or anything, at least. But, I mean, that's what it's going to take for people's minds to start to change, unfortunately, because yeah. you know, they, they control the, the news cycle, celebrities and you know, corporations yeah. and all that. And shit. I think with, with the help of independent media, like rising and Matt Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald and all those guys, it makes it much easier. And, and for the first time they make, makes it possible to kind of like see through the bullshit on both sides where like, you know, maybe somebody like Sarah Silverman catches a drift of rising, watches right. it for a few weeks. Like we do. She's like, everything I've been told and thought has been complete bullshit. Yeah, like I, I think it's a great time to be aware of politics when we have the independent media, which well, wasn't a thing five years ago. Yeah, and I think maybe you know I, I'll have turned out to be wrong, and you right, and and how quick independent media is going to start to take over um, mainstream. I know, we so, had that man. we had that talk, and I was you know I, I was pretty uh, adamant that I was like, nah, it's just it can't happen. Those you know corporations are too big they have too much control they have too much money but i mean you see like stories like the ratings uh dump yeah. that came out you know where every single network msnbc cnn fox news um you know right down the line all their primetime shows plummeted in ratings and what I, I don't know if she's lying but crystal said that rising's ratings have never been better I believe it, which I, I totally think is like it. a total testament to how they present themselves. It, it doesn't, it doesn't need Trump, right? That, I think that's the thing is it's like, yeah, you no. see who's going to withstand the uh, negative Trump effect or the lack of Trump effect and who's going to thrive in it. And, you know, I think you were right, Jared is like independent, media outlets who are just willing to give you the truth about both sides may start to come more to the forefront. Yeah. I think it's our generation. Just we are, we are aware enough growing up with the internet to know what's authentic and what's not. And we crave authenticity, whether it's barstool, whether it's rising, whether it's Rogan. I'd love to see rising's demographics. Honestly, I'm curious. Yeah, I, I, wonder I, if I it, don't know. Like I would assume people. it's younger just cause it's on YouTube. Like my, Right. I guess my parents watch YouTube some, but like not as much as we would. Yeah. I think I, you know, I, I told my, my parents to watch it, but 
you know, for them to go on to YouTube and find it. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're just like, yeah. nah. They'll I'm just, I'm just going to flip on NBC 10. I, uh, it's so funny today. I, I sent, um, I was sending, I always send my dad like similar stories and shit like that. I'll send you guys because I'm interested in his take because, um, normally like the three of us are, you know, it's like an echo chamber. We all agree. I mean, mm-hmm. it, and so I'm always trying to get someone with like an opposite take and he usually gives it to me. Um, I've just been like bombarding him with all these things and uh, he'll respond sometimes and other times he won't, but he responded today and I was going back and forth with him trying to argue my point. And then I was like, Hey, I actually, you know what? I know you actually don't care about this stuff. So I apologize for just (laughs) throwing all this on you. And he's like, all good. All good. What, what, what specifically were you um, arguing about? I was showing him that the story that I sent you guys, I think it was my last text that I sent about the Washington Post retraction. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's how it crazy. was, yeah, and how it was kind of to me like a perfect um, example of that bomb hold Taibi video we watched, mm-hmm. you know, about um, how they just, the media is able to, to say one thing and quote one thing. And then, you know, they don't yep. have to like make it a story that they're correcting it. They just add like a sentence. You know what I mean? And italics and, and like super light font. Be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we made a slight change. And yeah, it's by the, the way, what, the article. what we said was said was actually never said, <laughs> you know, and, and my dad, it, the point is fair. Um, you know, they because in, in the retraction, they do talk about how, you know, oh, he didn't say these quotes that we said were it was it was quoted to him. Um, but he did say. You know that oh the the this thing that he was you know look here and you'll find dishonesty you know or um you know it's the most important job uh in the, in the nation or something like that so it was like a semantical thing it's just like okay I understand what you're talking about but you know what why I care right is my point is like there is it it just goes like unquestioned you know what I mean like they just get to print whatever they want. And then like nobody either faces like any sort of like repercussions. No one has to like, there's no story reporting on like the new information. It's just a byline. And like, that's exactly what Taibi was talking about when he was talking about that bomb hold theory is like, we're just going to throw the news of the day at you. And we like, we know it drives huge ratings and we know this stuff may not be, 100% factually accurate, but we're going to present it in a way that, you know, basically to our viewers listens as such. And then when it comes that it's not like time to find out that it's not true, like the Rachel Maddows of the world, don't go back on air and say, Hey, we want to correct the record. Right. They'll, they just don't talk about it. Yeah. This is the same idea in print form. And so that's where I was getting at it. But he, he's just different. He just is like, he doesn't really care about, you know, that, that kind of stuff, which obviously like because of the media we watch, we're a little bit more like hypersensitive, I think, to that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and and I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, like the, with the CNNs and the MSNBCs and all their followers, the Fox News, you know, devoted followers, I feel like with our generation and our age group in general, I think it like, and I, 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 I don't know how long it will take for like a hit, like a, a rising to step up to the, to the level that those that I mentioned are at right now. Mm. But I think part of it too is, I don't know. I mean, you, and you guys can 
you know, tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I feel like a lot of people in our generation around our age group are not as like into this kind of stuff and care enough about it. No, I was thinking the same thing a couple minutes ago. Yeah. But over time, I mean, generally speaking, the older people get, the yeah. more involved that they get. The less so, they have to do in their life. The so less they, they have to do to so they can shit. just pay attention to like the, the like a tweet and we can and talk like 30 minutes about it. But maybe, you know, maybe it's going to take another decade or so yeah. for this group that we're a part of, this generation, to slowly start to pay more attention and give more of a shit about the stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis. And then maybe yeah. that's what turns the tide eventually because – as as much as their ratings have gone down, the the numbers of the number of followers for those networks severely outnumbers the the number of people that you know we would consider to be part of with like the like rising and stuff. Well, but so, it's only so a that's matter I think of time. It's interesting. I think if you look at the whole network, like maybe the Hill versus MSNBC, totally agree. But I think if you look at a show versus rising. I think I remember them saying like on a few episodes of rising that they beat a lot of the shows and viewers. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that's part of the, maybe that's a product of them being on YouTube. Yeah. They and, get X and, amount and, of million yeah, viewers because you can watch it whenever. As exactly. Opposed to you one can pull out your slot. phone. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Cause I, I actually, I, I don't know why I, I, I think I was thinking about asking this, but all the Hill stuff, like all their, all their video stuff, it's only on YouTube, right? Other than like so, their yeah. app. So yeah. So do we see a time when, the, when the Hill gets on, like gets a cable network, like like a cable TV I, channel of, of some kind? I don't, I don't think modern media, like the Hill, Barstool, et cetera, want to even be on cable TV. Like I think they see cable TV as dying where the views are not, and the ad revenue is not going to be. Sure, sure. And uncensored, media with no boss being through your own right. platform or YouTube, et cetera, as where you pretty can sweet really when thrive. you hear like crystal and Sagar just say like bullshit on the yeah. air. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I, I wasn't factoring in like, like the sec and everything that would have to monitor and, and just every special interest. Like as right. soon as you're on cable TV and you're making your money with commercials, all those people you're beholden to, you say well, one thing that that sponsor doesn't like you're in trouble. What we have to hope is, because we talked about it when we had this discussion, is when the major news networks do make the transition to YouTube, you got to hope that yeah, because places like The Hill or specifically Rising as a show has had such a tenure on the platform that they can bring with them a bigger audience. Um but I mean, if the CNNs of the world come on YouTube and start dominating again, I mean, I don't know what's going to I don't see it. I, I, I think of I it as like block, Blockbuster and Netflix. Like it's not the actual digital platform that makes people go to it. It's like the innovative and different perspective. Like people went to Netflix because you could get everything with two clicks and, you know, originally a, a movie in two days. Like you remember blockbuster had a blockbuster.com. Like they tried to copy that and it's never worked. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I can't like, I think CNN will put their well, current Netflix content. was the first to do it though. That way. That's really why. Yeah. Like, well, and, and same with independent media. Like I see CNN putting its current content on YouTube, but that's not going to make people like us want to watch it, right? They're not going to say, I, okay, I guys, I, we're going to release a new so. show that's going to be off the hinge, unfiltered, 
give the people well, what I, they want. I no just wonder though. Do that. You, you don't think like as the numbers, like if you know Adam's right and our generation starts to get older and consumes more news, news via YouTube, you don't think they'll invest more in that side of their business? The I think they side? will, but it'll be similar content to what they're doing now, just in a digital platform. And you like don't you, think you, people like us will, or people our age will want to tune into that? No, because you, you can't like... Like how would you even pro- find the rising, right? Like I know you did because you listen to Rogan, but... Yeah, it would be something like that. Like, because if, if you're old enough and then you just decide that, hey, I want to get start to get more interested in politics, like you, I think everyone's brain would probably default, like, of course, for the wrong reasons, as we know, that, oh, I should watch CNN because they're down yeah. the middle. Right. You know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, that's the challenge of YouTube as a whole. Like, I subscribe to quite a few YouTube channels, but it's been a slow accumulation of like, like you kind of stumble across a channel here, you like it, right? Six months later, you stumble across a channel, you like, like, there's no, like, going to cable TV, you got 60 channels to look through, and you very quickly, you know, I like ESPN, I like Comedy Central, I like Food Network. Mm. Like, YouTube's overwhelming to look for, like, channels and content that you like because there's so much shit content well it'd be great if like you know because they're on youtube if somehow you could like i know you can like youtube as an app on your smart tv but it'd be great to integrate that somehow into youtube tv and not have it separate and be on a youtube app yeah i mean interesting because that's how i watch them i watch them on my tv just on the youtube app oh do you yeah I'm always, uh, I actually never watch them. I'm always like listening to them in the morning when I'm working. You know, like what time does it need to come out? I'll usually just put it on on my lunch break. Is it out first thing in the morning? Uh, no, it comes out like maybe 8 a.m. or 8 or 9 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. Probably right. 8 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Um, another, another quick thing, and then this will be super quick, but like, Jared, you said that you found out about the Hill on Rogan, right? That that's yeah. okay. So, I guess that's my other thing. Like we see advertisements and marketing for all those aforementioned news networks that we despise. I don't see anything about the Hill. I don't see anything about rising other than people tweeting at crystal or Sager or, or or you talking about it. Um, Or, you know, the, the Greenwalds, the, the, the Kalinskis of the world. I don't see any sort of advertising that, outside of just stumbling upon, oh, like here's a YouTube video rising. What, what's this more? What's this about? Let me dive into it. It just seems like people, like it's become big because of some of the takes they've made. But at the same time, eventually they, you would think they'd have to start throwing some, some kind of ads yeah. out there, right? And market I, themselves I, in some way. I would think so. I think they just don't have the money to play with those big companies when it comes to like, right ad spend like i bet you even now if we were to go on youtube and search like political commentary i bet you rising is like the thousandth video that comes up maybe not for us because it's like curated yeah for a normal person i'm sure cnn and fox news pay just like you pay to be on the top of the google search to be on the top of the youtube search so i guess that's what i'm thinking like Yes, those you know cable networks. We we know that their content is driven based off of their sponsors and and the, and the special interest groups and all that. But it's also because of the amount of money they have. Will yeah. Will the Hill ever get to a point where they have enough capital to truly compete with them? 
I mean, maybe they won't need to on in like a YouTube uh, digital platform, but you know, like eventually, like if like like Ty was saying, if if someone in CNN wakes up and realizes, hey, we could be really making our mark um, on YouTube here, like a lot of these other independent journalists and news networks are, and without the money to keep the hill like relevant. I just it just makes me think yeah. like at some point they're gonna have to get some sort of um, financial backing, right? I think it depends on how big they want to be. Like the cool thing with the internet and digital media is like you can kind of form your own little niche, like be a Kyle Kalinsky and like make a living, a comfortable living with your fans that you've attracted. And like he may say, like this is as big as I want to be. I can make hundred grand a year and YouTube ad right. revenue and other stuff. I don't need there, to there's no to bigger forces Tucker at play. Carlson. Yeah. Like yeah, um, there's no boss it, trying to tell him, Hey, we need to drive more profits or Yeah. And, and maybe that's how rising will look at it too. Maybe they want to be a little bit bigger, but maybe they're like, Hey, like our goal is not to ever get to, you know, a hundred million subscribers. It's like, Hey, we just want to have a great show. We're proud of and make a living doing it, which I think is I mean, respectable. Well, sure, yeah, is. I mean, I think a, a goal should be like, hey, we want to increase followership as much as possible. But I wouldn't say that should be the first goal, because if that's the first goal, then I don't think you get what rising is, right? Which yeah. is not ratings driven. It's not right, designed yeah, right. to tell you what you want to hear. It's about being transparent and yeah, all that. Yeah. Like, like, dude, like I, all the random YouTube channels out there, like Gary V, he's annoying, but he'll always like post in his so videos. like dude, annoying. He's like, you could literally come out with a fucking Dragon Ball Z podcast and YouTube channel. And like, if you put enough effort behind it, make 50 grand a year doing it with like 20,000 followers, 50,000 followers, whatever it may be. But just an example of like, you can find these (laughs) random little corners of the internet. Dude, you want to like look no further than proof that like Crystal and Saga are fucking legit. Um, the, uh, The back of this book has uh, like, you know, and you know how they'll have like praise for love quotes from different people, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, giving a quick little summary review of the book. They have Andrew Yang, Tucker Carlson, Nina Turner, Tulsi Gabbard, Kyle Kalinske, all giving cool. like rave. What, what did Tucker say about them? The striking thing about revolutionary moments is that almost nobody understands them as they're happening. Sagar and Crystal do. They know exactly what's going on in our country right now, and they can explain it with near perfect clarity. This is a tremendous and important book. That's cool for Tucker Carlson to say that. I'll say. Yeah, I mean, Tucker's a fucking, you know, he's a like a cartoon character. Like he's a character. Yeah, he he knows he knows how to get ratings. But I I think he's more closer to the, uh, you know, I I won't even go there because I I could get. I I know what you're saying though. Like he's not. He's not a Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I think yeah. I think if you if you talk to him out like off of the Tucker Carlson show, he would strike me as someone who you could have a more rational conversation with compared I'd to agree. like you know Joy Reid or Rachel Maddow. Rachel Maddow, right? <laughs> like I, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, so some really sad news, uh, or at least scary news for Uh-oh. Jared Uh-oh. over the weekend. Um, do you even know what I'm, t- I'm about to? I, I have out? no idea what you're about to say. I'm <laughs> really? genuinely concerned. You didn't see that one of your, <laughs> one, of your one of your buddies, one of your close, close friends, your idols, is in a hospital bed right now. No. Oh, you, Mo, you saw this. 
Who we were is talking it? about how, it. How, oh, how, yes, 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 yes. Okay, I was thinking COVID as you're saying this. How yes, big does Frank? I, how big? How much does Frank the Tank weigh? You think? If you had to take a guess, he he weighs himself on Twitter because he's been losing weight. He lost like a hundred <laughs> pounds, and I yeah. think he's still like in the fours. I was gonna say low fours. So yeah, I'd say low fours. Just an absolutely like massive is like a huge like. No pun intended. Massive would be a massive understatement, right? <laughs> yes, that's fair to say. This is this fucking guy from his hospital bed. I, he had to go there for, I think he said like something. It is, he has something like growing in his knee. and then Yeah. yeah. So, so when you disgusting. get that fat, dude, and like you're diabetic, like your body can't heal. It's so out of shape. Like it happened to my grandmother. She was diabetic and like she had a lot of similar issues where your body doesn't know how to heal anymore. So like he had a cut on his leg that's now grown into an abscess or whatever the fuck it's called. Well, he's focused on the right things. Hey guys. <laughs> I'm still here at Clare Mass Hospital. Probably be here another few days. There's like an abscess on my knee. Shin is basically the good. The uh, the work that was done at uh, CMD Thursday helped fix that. But the abscess uh, of a sack that burst on my knee Jesus. is looking pretty bad. They're gonna have to probably do like uh, some sort of uh, debridement surgery tomorrow. Hopefully that won't be too painful. Won't be too long. And I could be back on my feet in a couple of days. Like this is like part of his job. Yeah, so like, he's like working. Like, right now. He's I, making I, money. Backwards, forward, how to spell it, and, 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 and like a nasty disposition. This is Jared's uh, idol. I love him. I'm so proud. I, I mean, tell you everything. What? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully soon I'll be better. Listen to this. And, of course, the TV in here sucks. Thankfully, I have my laptop. I have to figure out how to get the laptop going in a few minutes and watching things. The Mets are, I know, are on Channel 11 today. Hopefully, I'll be able to watch that. Did, you, uh, channel, did Channel 11 here? Is this frozen? It says, Carfax. And, of course, then you have every uh, channel 24759. And nothing else. Oh man, I wish him well. I hope for a speedy recovery. Yeah, same here. Can you imagine like being a doctor and that guy walks in, waddles in? Like, how do you even find a hospital bed big enough for a four hundred pound man? He like reinforces. I don't know, dude. I mean, that. I I think that's why he's in like a separate room. Like that must be like the unit zone, just like extra big hospital beds. Because you, dude. Normal hospital beds, a 400-pound person will not fit on. <laughs> did, did you see uh, Coach Doug's uh, came yeah. to the rescue? With that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder. I mean, yeah, I would, no, I would say that's not awesome. I would say, sir, if there's anyone on this planet that's... There, I would say there is no single person on this planet more at risk from dying of COVID than <laughs> Even you, more- Coach Doug's. Even more of and a you, testament Frank. to their friendship. It's a very nice gesture say, to say, get hey, the man, you're in the hospital, hospital alone right and I'm coming now. to visit. I, I mean, combined, they probably weigh near a ton. Oh, oh yeah, that's, dude. yeah. I think Doug's maybe bigger. I think I was just <laughs> saying. He's just I more think... athletic. He doesn't, he's not quite as lumbering. 
Every time I see Frank, he just he disgusts me, and I always just laugh because I think of Jared <laughs> like watching his videos alone. In Dude, his, I, his I don't know just... why he just he disgusts me too, but I just I love him. I can't get enough of him because he's, he's just his... an incredibly genuine, nice guy. He is yeah. what he is. Yeah, he's not trying to be anyone. No that he is. filter. Like his apartment and dude, the things oh he gets like God. mad about or like upset about, like who, like who the fuck would have that rant? Yeah, he's yeah. in a fucking hospital bed. Oh well, the Mets are on at one, Channel Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys are gonna remember though. Mo has a history of being obsessed with extremely fat individuals. <laughs> can we re- can we rephrase that, please? <laughs> Jared has a history of being enamored with um, watching the lives of larger individuals. It might be like a disease. My 600 pound life, dude, I I would come in and you would have that on it in rubber lofts several, there were several times when you were watching it. Yeah. I've I've probably watched it like five to 10 times in my life, which means I was to say, I would say a little more I, than that. Why would I lie about that? I'm, I'm <laughs> openly admitting that I love Frank Fleming and I watch his YouTube videos. <laughs> I mean, I watch him too, but like, I'm just saying there's a history there. I mean, my 600 pound life, I actually, I would say when, when, when we did watch it together at times, cause you had it on that doctor, dude, he's the best that, that Indian doctor, he was yeah. the fucking, he was every single episode was exactly the same for him. He's like, you need to get serious and stop eating like shit and lose or weight. you will die. And then every like 90 percent of the time, they're like, Jared's ah, tuning whatever. in every week. <laughs> Dude, he, the doctor's great because they'll come back. Like, oh, you're, you're on a strict twelve hundred calorie diet. Here's what you can eat. Here's what you can't eat. You need to lose 100 pounds to have gastric bypass <laughs> surgery. They come back three months later for their check in. Can they have the surgery? They were supposed to lose 50. They gained 80. And then they go, <laughs> and they go Doc, I did exactly what you told me. And he just goes, you're full of shit. And there's Jared wrapped up in blankets, all the way, all the lights down in the house. Just, <gasps> he did not. Didn't see it coming. Johnny. I'll never, I'll never forget the. Um, you're supposed to lose one of, 50. One of the episodes I remember, the lady was in the hospital after her surgery and her exercise was her laying in the bed and then moving her <laughs> arms and legs for her like this. And she lost like eight pounds a day from that level of physical activity. She didn't get off her ass that, just from moving her arms and legs. She lost like eight pounds a day. I laugh, but that's terrifying that yeah. that is considered a weight loss workout for the, that. The difference between those people and Frank, those people disgust me. Frank, Warms my soul. I'm rooting for the guy. You did Me too. I love him. You. I wouldn't want to see him naked. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, but dude, could, like, could you imagine giving him a hug? I'd love to give him a hug. He probably smells like shit, dude. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, there's, dude, no, like, there's no way. As slow as he is, he's getting under those flaps when he's washing. No I feel way. Like, I feel like most, like, <laughs> you'd love to curl large... up in one of those puppies, just like that <laughs> Family Guy episode. <laughs> so gross. Oh. <laughs> you remember that? I can smell it just thinking about it. <laughs> if I were to give him the hug, I'd give him the, the over the shoulder hugs. I would not go for the wrap around the rolls hug. <laughs> you wouldn't get around. Yeah, you'd bring you in. You would barely get halfway around. I would say that most of most people in his position usually invest in like some really nice cologne. 
I do you think like. he, um, you'd hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. Do you think he got a stimmy? Probably. I don't think he makes a lot of money. He did no. that courthouse job. And I think he said like, Hey, just pay me what I make of the courthouse and I'll come do this full time. <laughs> oh, that, That's what I was going to say. I'm trying to think like, I wonder what Barstool's healthcare is like. Cause I'm sure that, you know, probably non-existent. Is, it's probably not <laughs> no, very good. Someone said it. Someone said it. They do. They do get healthcare. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I assume they, they would, but I, I wonder how good it is for someone like, like Frank the tank and the salary he's on. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, can't I worry for the guy. I worry for him. He's living in New York city and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's in Newark. This is Jared. He's, he's, in, he's in New Jersey. Yeah. Sorry, but still a very expensive place yeah. for someone who's probably not making that much. Probably. Do you imagine him trying to get, get up by. and down the stairs of the apartment complex? Oh, Dude, I, I watched the most recent Frank, Frank the Tank video was behind the scenes of Raw Dogs. You guys know Raw Dogs, his show? No. He he does. No, uh, he that? eats plain hot dogs at different restaurants. Oh. <laughs> but the behind the scenes, it was uh, Donnie, Nick, and KB and Sass went to his apartment, picked him up, and they were filming, getting ready for what it. What a crew. And that um, is, that what a motley crew that is walking and, and, around. And KB forgot his backpack in the apartment. So like they walk down the stairs, get in the car. KB's like, fuck, I forgot my backpack. Frank didn't know what key was. So you should have seen how <laughs> disgusted Frank was. He had to walk back up the stairs and back down the stairs. <laughs> he was panting. I think a time up and down the stairs is he probably loses like half a pound. I wouldn't be surprised. But then he eats McDonald's for lunch. Just puts right. it back on. And it completely puts it back on and then some. Uh, for the guy for sure. Get well soon, Frank. Go Frank. <laughs> Frank the tank. Get well, Frank. Um, yeah, I don't know how to transition, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've gotten to any topics other than like well, maybe one. So I, I, has it been? I think the last time we recorded, did um, the American Rescue Plan go into effect? Has it already been? In- I think it was being discussed in the Senate still. I don't think it actually went through yet, but. Yeah. No, so. no, it didn't. I think it I think it passed like Wednesday. So I think we just missed it. Okay. Um, I thought our squad did a fucking fantastic job of summing up when that thing got voted in. Every single GOP voter uh, representative voted against the bill. Let's put that up there on the screen. 220 to 211. One Democrat there had voted against it joining the GOP. So it was bipartisan in its opposition. Something I guess you could applaud, right? That's what we applaud here in D.C. (laughs) Remember what I told you. Real bipartisanship is the enemy. Um, Okay, but this is my favorite particular one from Roger Wicker. He's Senator from Mississippi. Let's Mm -hmm. put this up there on the screen from the Hill, which is that Senator Wicker praised uh, a package, a part of the package was going to help restaurant stimulus money. He was like, well, with this bill, X billion dollars are going to restaurants. And we're very happy to see that. And people are like, dude, you voted you against didn't vote it. For it. You didn't even vote <laughs> for it. And this is this is part of a bigger problem that the GOP has had within this. We were just talking about this before the show is like they're like, well, there's all this stuff in there that doesn't have to do with COVID. And you go through and you see it each of the individual parts generally pulls above 50%. Mm -hmm. And if you're the ones who are dumb enough not to use your COVID bill to try and, you know, bail out your special causes and package it with better stuff, well then, I don't really know what to tell you. The Democrats won the election, they get to write the bills, that's how it works, folks. 
Yeah. He, 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 he goes on. I mean, he just went, they just yeah. went off. And that's actually, I think, um, this was this the day that you had texted us, Jared, and you were like, Crystal is like near in tears. She's just going like ripping. No, you remember it, was, that? it was when it at first passed the Senate and you kind of knew what was going to be in the bill. She was just like in tears, ripping okay, them okay, for okay. excluding minimum wage and that type of stuff. Um, I mean, dude, how fucking insane is that? The zero Republicans voted for this bill. It's an incompetence off between the Democrats and the Republicans right now. It's right. But who can be worse? It's, Don't you and think it's there's probably a faction of like Republicans out there who are like, oh, good. Like that was like I listened to Jerry Callahan. He's like, oh, this this pork barrel bill, you know, the bail out the blue states. You know, he just that's repeats what the Sager, sound bites he hears on because that's what Sagar's referring to is like all these people bitching about what's in it. It's like, well, too fucking bad, man. Like your bill that you proposed sucked. Nobody, yeah. Th- like the this bill, uh, you know, it, it's not the perfect bill, but it's like I said, it's incredibly uh, widely supported by Americans. Yeah, Republicans included. And like, how do how are how are these people, these elected officials, going to just fucking get away with this? Or do you, or do you think, like this, think something like you, this right? could bite them in the ass? Like, I wonder, like, as we talk about, you know, Sagar always, you know, the realignment, things starting to shift into this, you know, populist versus populist, like, you know, rhetoric. Is the GOP are like going to change or are they going to continue this bullshit and will getting crushed again in 2022 if that were to happen like is it ever going to be a wake-up call i just wonder if this is like always what they're going to be i mean that's fucking pathetic yeah that is pretty bad pathetic i mean i would like to think that like if i put myself in the shoes of a rural american person you know blue collar job i got my stimmy check i got the other shit I think they said the average family of four who was eligible for stimulus would walk away with this um, with like $7,400 yeah, between the yeah, child tax right. credits and the stimulus checks for you and your spouse. That's significant. Dude, that's incredibly yeah, significant that's money. awesome. So, so like if, if I'm a rural person and I, you know, if Democrats are smart enough to run on this, like here's what we did for working class right. America while your Republicans said, no, we're not giving you a penny. Like how could you not? And, and, and look, I, I, I think they try to argue that, oh, you know, there's no free money and, oh, you're getting this money from the government and, you know, uh, your grandkids nothing. will have to pay it back or whatever. And, you know, yeah. you'll have to. Yeah, exactly. We'll just be paying it in taxes. And it's like, look, I, I am not as going as far as to say advocating for we've talked about it like UBI. I, yeah. I don't believe I, right now, at least my, my mindset is grounded in. I don't think we should just be shilling money out there for, yeah. you know, uh, like on a weekly basis for no good reason or a monthly basis for no good reason. But like, like do, do people fucking realize that the, our government has fucked over so many people like beyond just what the, the pandemic's done to businesses, but what the government has done to businesses throughout yeah. the country? Like, do you have no fucking empathy or sympathy for that? Like, how, how can you not say like that uh, a family would be deserving of that money after what not only, the, the, again, the, the virus itself was put, you know, businesses through and families through, but the, our own U.S. government has 
done to them. Yeah. Like how, how can you not get on board with like a stimulus check in these times? I, I don't know. That's to me. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Well, what grinds my gears the most, and like this isn't news to us, but like I think so many people don't put two and two together. We talk about how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to pay for this? But all we do is give tax cuts and tax breaks to billionaires and corporations, and we always don't say how are we going to pay for that? And how spend are we gonna... millions upon millions of dollars overseas. We spend million, billions We're, of dollars right. on We've been in Afghanistan military. for 20 years. Not and they're how still are we trying to keep us that? there as we speak. Well, like, I, I honestly think, dude, if you gave me 30 minutes on primetime TV, <laughs> I could put together like, da, da, da. five slides to just explain how all of this is bullshit and here's what's really going on. And it would blow people's would, minds. Would you say you're Jared Morelli of somewhere in the middle? I don't oh, know. Brand yourself. Maybe, maybe I'd run for president as an independent. Wow. No, did you, hear, um, you couldn't pay me to be president. Did you hear uh, who's considering running for... Uh... Oh, I hope The Rock. I'd vote for The Rock or Mark Cuban in a second. <laughs> Let's get Dwayne Johnson in office. That'll solve He's a it. smart dude. Really? He's not dumb. You, you know you, that? <laughs> he seems very likable. <laughs> okay. All right. Coming back. Coming back to reality. Reeling him back in. Yeah. And he's very successful. It's like a fish caught in a line. It's just struggling out there going nuts. And you just got to reel him back in. Um, but who are you going to say? No, you you guys didn't hear who's considering. Um, no. They're talking to, you know, uh, high ranking Democrats now about a potential run in 2024. Meghan Merkel. Oh, my God. Whoa. I did hear that. You did hear that? You could like, that's laughable. What did you? I'm assuming you guys didn't watch that interview, right? No, no, no. I, I give as much, I give more of a fuck about Frank Fleming's rash and abscessed than I do the royal family. <laughs> Definitely puts it into perspective. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it was like a big deal. Like people were talking about it. It was like trending for the next well, few she days. She called the royal that. family racist, right? Yeah. Right. So she right. immediately got millions and millions of supporters just by yeah. that. <laughs> and but a number of critics too there sure. was a lot of people who came out as like yeah listen to these two fucking whiny little babies yeah. one very uh notable critic right i'm assuming you're going you're heading towards something on our list man adam just really knows how to blow a tease i'm just saying you're, you're, I, don't, I don't know whatever, what he's talking dude. about yeah, i'm waiting Jared's for you to say clueless. We, we get we give fucking a million clips jared just Scrolls right past them and goes back <laughs> on Instagram. You think I'm clicking all 16 of those links? Oh, Jesus Christ. Dude, God most of them forbid. are like, most of them is like a 15 second read. They're just tweets <laughs> half the time. It's a lot of so, time. Thank you, Adam. Yes. The, 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 the part that interests me about the particular story, uh, as Adam was getting to, was uh, Pierce Morgan, who I guess there's like, just like there's a Good Morning America, there's a Good Morning Britain, apparently. Uh, and Pierce Morgan is a host on it. And like went all in on Meghan Markle, just basically calling her a flat out liar. And uh, he, I think he quit, but it's one of those things where I think he was basically yeah. forced off. Yeah. They said, either Definitely. you come on and apologize to Megan or you're out of here. And he's like, well, fuck you guys. Well, fuck fuck so, you. and Fuck Megan. I'm dude, out. Fucking saga. This is a longer clip. So 
apologies, but soccer just goes fucking off. And I think I thought it was fucking great. He was playing his role well in that story, consistently serving as the only voice in the entire UK who thinks, hmm, well, this former princess has an awful lot to gain in money and fame from leveling these charges, and maybe they fit into a broader pattern of career, of doing anything to gain social status. Just his two cents. On his show, after a clip played of Markle claiming that she was suicidal during her time within the royal family, this was Piers' reaction. Let's take a listen. I went to the institution. And I said that I needed to go somewhere to get help. I said that I've never felt this way before and I need to go somewhere. And I was told that I couldn't, that it wouldn't be good for the institution. So okay, again, let's have the names. Who did you go to? What did they say to you? I'm sorry, I don't believe a word she says, Meghan Markle. Well, pretty fair question. Nothing really that beyond the pale. That little comment right there revealed the power of our First Amendment and the danger of woke mobs outside of our system of government. Pierce's perfectly legitimate comment that he doesn't believe a word Meghan Markle said spawned 41,000 complaints from viewers within the UK to complain to the official media regulatory body called Ofcom. Now this organized reporting effort alone was enough for the government agency which stands for the Office of Communications to step in and launch an official investigation into Morgan's comments. Think about how completely insane that is. Piers Morgan said something people find offensive. They mass report him on social media and now the government is stepping in to investigate his comments. Not just investigate, the investigation alone appears to have pushed Morgan out the door. Morgan announced hours after the official inquiry that he was leaving, stepping down from the show, which he literally built back into a juggernaut that is because of that investigation. This should chill you on this side of the Atlantic because it's the ideal outcome supported by our mainstream journalists. That something saying something someone disagrees with is enough not just to be forced out of a job, but to prompt the government to come after you and enforce their standard of speech. People who have brain cells and believe in press freedom immediately recognize this. One of them was CNN journalist Jake Tapper, who tweeted, quote, this is what happens when you live in a country where there is no First Amendment. Insanity. I literally Tapper. can't imagine disagreeing with that. Tapster. Of course, ITV has the right to fire peers if they so choose. But to be prompted out by a government agency for saying what you want on your TV show, that's crazy. But the really chilling part is what followed. The number of UK journalists who piled on Jake Tapper for making the point. Perfect example from Tom Rennie, a UK radio host, who replied, the press needs regulation by an independent body, otherwise you get the mess that US news has become. Reporters being a blubbering mess on the air, racist diatribes and personality hosts shouldn't be allowed under the guise of news. You need Ofcom, we need a stronger Ofcom. Have you ever heard of a journalist defending not just regulation, but wanting more regulation? Only someone who knows that regulation is ideological enforcement for their point of view would espouse such a ridiculous point. And it's not just this one guy. A huge amount of English journalists jumped on Jake Tapper. One of them was Krishnan Gurumurthy, a big journalist on Channel 4 News in the UK, who said, quote, not insanity, a democratic choice to have broadcast media regulated with a duty to be fair and duly impartial. It stops TV from taking sides to support or oppose things the way that you do in America, and it upholds a code of standards, adding that the alternative is TV news that can mislead, manipulate, and lie without consequence 
acting as cheerleaders for politicians, helping grow division and conspiracy theories with the only regulator being the commercial market. To many Brits, that's dangerous and undesirable. Yeah, I'll take my constitutionally enshrined right to say whatever the hell I want any day of the week here. If the Hill has a problem with that, they can fire me. But the one thing the government can't do is they can go F themselves to whatever I say. Yes! Dogger, all right. Let's go. That, dude. That's fucking awesome, dude. And, th and he's exactly right. Like, journalists in America today want an AFCOM to be able to yeah. enforce... You know their rules. Of it's speech. crazy, man. And, and you're crazy. seeing it right now. Like you guys, like we, um, like Greenwald has a Substack. Taibbi has a Substack. They're uh, trying to take down like, Substack. Yeah, they're trying to take down Substack because it's, it's a place where it's independent journalists present their work. And you have the New York Times and the Washington Post, like tr actively trying to censor it and and make it, you know, not a competitor. It's fucking I, I, outrageous. And like that's what I think what it you shows get. it just shows how much like journalism is not a key part of those institutions anymore. It's all about right. money and and outrage and clickbait and, ideology. and ads like yeah and, and ideology it's nothing about journalism. Like dude, like spotlight and like all those like crazy pieces in the globe. What do they call those op-eds? No, not op-eds. Investigative journalism, right? Yeah. Like, like, I even remember, like, Sports Illustrated, dude, you'd have Jackie Mack would write a fucking four-page spread on KG, and it'd be awesome. I'd be like, she'd spend months working on it. Like, that stuff, that's journalism. What the Times and the Washington Post do is not journalism. Yeah, fucking insane. And I, I just thought he, like, absolutely hit the nail on the fucking head. It's like... I think these companies I will are, in, gladly are so choose. Scared. Yeah, I would gladly choose our shitty mainstream media corporatized mainstream media i would rather have that than i would have a government agency control yeah state sponsored dude right state totally. sponsored agency saying what outlets cannot can and cannot say yeah who sounds like some north korea shit would, right who the fuck would ever want that and again that's why it's like yep you can rag on america all you want don't fucking care. Like, yeah. Right. And, and the, and the yeah. ones that Fuck want that, that Ty, like, like you said, are the ones that they know that that's going to back them up. They're the ones that want that. Yeah. It's 100%. which is. Yeah. Um, Wasn't Pierce Morgan kind of big in the States for a while? Didn't he yeah, have his he own super popular shows? I was going to say yeah. he had his yeah, own he super had several shows dude. and I, I haven't heard of him at all until until this like, i really he'll he'll get a new show he's like the guy over there yeah he's usually he's kind of uh he's a right-leaning political guy he likes to be abrasive yeah. yeah 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 i mean he, for sure he'll get his own show again definitely um white privilege anyone oh uh but i surrender did you guys I, i'm actually i should stop saying you guys adam do you read the any of the teen vogue stuff oh i did I did. Jared? Why, you know the guy read it? No. <laughs> no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you know what Teen Vogue is? Yeah, it's a magazine. All right. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> we're getting started. So he did some research. Um, yeah, so this story broke last week. Um, and it didn't really get a ton of traction in the, in the mainstream media. But, I mean, it is just an unbelievable saga. Um, so I, I stumbled upon this headline 
Um, and it says beauty brand Alta pulls Teen Vogue ads over new editor in chief's old racist tweets. And so I was like, huh, all right. So I read a little further. So Teen Vogue uh, had just hired a, you know, as they say, new editor in chief, um, Alexia McCammond. Um, she's 27 years old. Uh, and I think they hired her fairly recently. Yeah. Um, and apparently a something on Instagram surfaced uh, the week before. So probably right after she was hired, um, someone tweets or like puts on Instagram. Um, she said, let's talk about uh, Conde, Conde Nast, who's the company who owns Teen Vogue uh, HR and this questionable hire for Teen Vogue editor in chief. She had a series of racist tweets in 2011. Maybe we can give her some benefit of the doubt as these were done when she was still a student, but her quote apology, which was only after people caught them in 2019, referred to them as deeply insensitive. They're not insensitive. They're racist. So it's like, all right, let's get to uh, like, what, what do these tweets look like? So these are the tweets that <laughs> are causing this outrage. Yeah, uh, the first right on November 8th, 2011. Outdone by Asian. Hashtag what's new. Now what Google, was the context? That's all it says. We don't know. Now Googling how to not wake up with swollen Asian eyes. <laughs> I think there was some context there. <laughs> yeah, give, give me a 2 out of 10 on my chem problem. Cross out all my work and don't explain what I did wrong. Thanks a lot, you stupid Asian TA. You're great. Yeah, this person's not sounding too hot. So he, uh, she was. You, you really think that's that offensive, Jared? I, I don't think it's appropriate to tweet these things. Okay, right. But this is the same thing we're talking about. She did this. She was seventeen years 10 old. Ten years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know. That. No, no. Sorry. Yeah, this, yeah, this, this was not like, recently. This wasn't like last week. This was Dude, literally like, yeah. twenty eleven. Decade old. She was in high school. Okay. Yeah. So. So she got fired for those tweets. Uh, she didn't get fired. No, but they start like people started pulling advertisers, dude. And I guarantee you, it's because fucking activists reached out to advertisers like they always do and say, "It's so ridiculous, man." You're gonna do business with this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so Teen Vogue staff now starts to stand up against this and put out this letter as more than 20 members uh, uh, of the staff of teen vogue we've built our outlet's reputation as a voice for justice and change we take immense pride in our work and in creating an inclusive environment that's why we have written a letter to management at conde nast about the recent hire of alexia mccammond as our new editor-in-chief in light of her past racist and homophobic tweets uh, Guess we didn't see the home. I don't know where the homophobic part came in. We've heard the concerns of our readers and we stand with you in a moment of historically high anti-Asian violence. And amid the ongoing struggles of the LGBTQ community, we as a staff of Teen Vogue fully reject those sentiments. We are hopeful that an internal conversation will prove fruitful in maintaining the integrity granted to us by our audience. 
we're talking about a, a tweet where someone said, how do I not wake up with swollen Asian eyes? A decade ago, when she yeah. was 17. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that that even made it to the top of the news radar and was brought to Vogue's attention. I agree with you. <laughs> like, dude, like there, there are certain people's jobs to just scour Twitter and look. Dude, it's not their jobs. It's their, their life. It's, it's their livelihood. Yeah. They live for it. Um, so in, in just the most brilliant just internet dunk, this guy tweets out. He said, this is after all, all that broke. He said, amazing. And he shares a a picture of Teen Vogue's uh, webpage. He said, amazing. Currently featured on the Teen Vogue landing page is sponsored content for Saudi Arabia. (laughs) And the, the, the sponsored ad says, why Saudi should land on every culture lover's radar. Saudi has a great variety of experiences for every history lover. Sponsored by Saudi ridiculous dude so they'll take I mean, ad revenue from saudi arabia but yeah. have to cancel this girl from tweets see where their morals from truly decades lie. old tweets that dude, even that's... even in today's day and age you'd say like dude you've got to be smarter than that but is that a fucking offensive like if i'm an asian am i really offended by that yeah now why can't those same wokies say hey you guys know what happened with jamal khashoggi why is it okay for you to be taking ad money from American murderers? Right. It's fucked up. It's it's so fucked up. That, that that's yeah. the only reason why I brought it up was because I I saw that, you know, it, like that just shows how fucking fake all this it's outrage. All, it's all is. fake. It's all topical, man. Topical yeah. is the only way to describe it. And th- and this this makes me popular think of, culture, right? And this makes me think of what we were talking about earlier with Sa- Sarah Silverman, where she was pissed off with the with the Democratic Party because of his absolutism. So this is a great example of that. There's some tweets um, from this girl when she was 17 years old, was not not the legal adult age, clearly with the high school juvenile mindset. And because someone happened to stumble upon those tweets, there's no rhyme or reason. There's just this person cannot have a job here because of these three tweets that this kid, or I say kid, 27, but her 17-year-old self tweeted out. And that, according to what they're saying, should bar her from any sort of legitimate editing editing Livelihood, career. For the anything. rest of her life. That's it. Yeah. The, the, these people who are doing the canceling, there should be a rule. If you want to cancel somebody, you have to sit down and have a face-to-face conversation with them first because they would no, not they have would the balls. Never. To, they would never do not it. Not have yeah. the balls, man, to take away somebody's livelihood so you can virtue signal. It's not okay. Not at all. But it is okay. It's encouraged it's, in today's day. It's, it's celebrated. Okay, depending on who it's you talk a, to, yeah. D- yeah, it, it depends who you celebrated. talk to. But... For the the rules of the world that I live by, it's not okay. Oh, I I mean, I agree, but no one gives a fuck about your rules. <laughs> Just me. Yeah, they'll cancel the Frank. fuck out of you. I gotta stop swearing. I've 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 gotten that feedback that I swear too much, so I gotta work Uh-oh. on this. You want to start bleeping them out? Yeah, my God, I'd be doing this for hours trying to. Um, so before Adam gets into his stay woke. I have the craziest 
woke story I've ever. I mean, and I say this every fucking week. This was <laughs> you already swore. <laughs> <laughs> this was insane. Insane. I cannot believe what I'm about to talk about. Did you guys see what happened with uh, the very popular band Mumford and Sons? No. Well, I was able to God, gather a under a fucking the rock, tweets, but I don't know exactly what what started all of it. So, in so Winston Marshall is uh, the band's banjo player, and if you've ever heard a Mumford and Sons song, they are famous for their <laughs> yeah. banjo. Right. Lots um, of banjo. Yeah. So you guys, you guys know who Andy No is, right? No. No, I don't know who Andy Jeez. No is. So Andy, yeah, Andy No is the guy who all of last summer was like, like infiltrating like Antifa and filming everything, and like putting it on Twitter, all the like real time videos of the protests. He's a, he's a right wing guy. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. And he published a book this year. And the book is called Unmasked Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. So Winston Marshall, the banjoist for Mumford and Sons, tweets out, uh, congratulations, Andy No. Finally had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man. And that was it for <laughs> Mr. Winston Marshall. <laughs> See ya. He, People lost their fucking minds, dude. It was crazy. I'm, look at some of these replies. So yep. the the like the, I went to the last tweet that Mumford and Sons had as a band, and <laughs> this is like from way before everything broke. But it was just a picture of a banjo they donated. Listen to some of these comments. The banjo was invented by enslaved Africans in the Caribbean and then made popular to white people through their racist minstrel shows. Does your fascist fascist banjo player know that part of history? <laughs> Nazi banjo. Um, hold on. It's a picture of someone deleting all of Mumford Sons Mumford and Sons music. Right, y- y'all uh, y'all okay with a Nazi in your band? Yeah. Wow, a genuine Nazi banjo. Don't see that every day. So I hear you're at least twenty five percent fash now. It's always good to know who the, who not who the Nazis are. Remove the banjo player. Move on. Looks fascist. You spell the word wrong. It looks like <laughs> uh, fascist tastic. Uh, Fashtastic, huh? Fashtastic. Damn. So hey, I mean, a question for you guys. Went off. Yes, question. Is there any chance, just like in the um, movie with Jamal Khashoggi, where there's all those bees just on Twitter sewing Discord? Or di- what do they call that? Not Discord, sewing. Dis. <laughs> Not sure where you're going. Sewing, like, we're conflict pretty much. Is there a possibility that, like, a lot of that is manufactured to create outrage about the outrage? So, for example, like, it's actually either like Russia or China or maybe even fucking the right wings canceling people so people get mad about the outrage. Is there any chance that that's real or you no. think these are all real people? I would think these are real people, dude. That's just terrible. These are actual man. people that exist and live among us. What do, what do you mean when you say people? What do you mean? Like who? Me or Adam? You. 
What do you mean? What do I mean? Are you, so, you, so you're saying, you're saying like, they're real people. You're questioning whether they're real people. Who are you talking about? The people commenting. Like on everyone tweets. in like in okay. the in the mentions. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Like I, I just can't imagine. But I guess it must be people who literally just like sit in front of their fucking phone all day long and just but wait dude, for these so moments powerful. to pile on. Yeah, that's that's their trip. That's their drug. They feel yeah. powerful. So, I mean, that that tweet caused this reaction from this man who God. should be imprisoned for how much of a puss this guy is. <laughs> It's I can't believe this. So he releases a statement like the day after all, all the outrage. Now, again, I'm going to read the. I'm just going to read the tweet to you again. The tweet was congratulations, Andy. No, finally got the time to read your important book. Had a picture of the book. That's the tweet yep. we're talking about. This is it. This is his response to the outrage. Over the past few days, I've come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. I've offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates. And for that, I'm truly sorry. As a result of my actions, I am taking time away from the band to examine my blind oh my spots. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. For now, please know that I realize how my endorsements have the potential to be viewed as approvals of hateful, divisive behavior. I apologize as this was not my intention. That's like the opposite of what you need to do when you're canceled. Holy yeah. shit. I wonder if the bandmates made him do that because they didn't want to lose like um, sponsor deals and shit like that. I'm sure there was a little pressure. No, yeah. like, they I, I know to when... have every album deleted from every person that listens to their music because of that, not because of no. I don't think that. No, they may, they no. may lose some sponsorship deals or something like that. No, I'm saying if that's what they did, if they fucking forced this uh, guy to do this, then they deserve to never be listened to again. Yeah, I don't fuck disagree with band. you. It's ridiculous. And fuck ridiculous. Him. So now you got to read the the reply. Is that where you're going for, Ty? Who? Molly Hemingway's? No, like after Winston Marshall's um, apology, I guess, if you call it yeah. that. Did you did you see what someone else wrote underneath that in the no. mentions? Uh, I'll, I'll read parts of it, but pretty much it's this. So he's, re, he's re, he was responding to Winston Marshall's apology, and he, stayed, he says this. I had no idea that Mein Kampf could cause so much pain. If I offend anyone by enthusiastically endorsing wholesale genocide, I might be sorry. And he goes on and on. Pretty like we're he's comparing to, that to endorsing Mein Kampf. He's 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 comparing that to pretty much Hitler's introduction. Like These are the fucking psychopaths, dude, that yeah. have con- the power to remove someone from one of the most popular bands in the country. It's scary, man. It's, it's terrifying scary. how much power cancel culture is growing. How do we stop it? <laughs> dude, I, the, some of the shit that Adam's going to talk about, dude, is yeah. mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Like, I, 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 I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because it is total culture war shit. It's not but American, it's fuck, man. But it's, it's not American. Real. It's fucking real. Yeah, it's, it's among us. Um, for sure. 
All right. So, all right. Well, Go I ahead. got some other ones. I mean, Ty's referring to a few that are towards the end, but I have a few that I've also uh, gathered. So stay woke. Here we go. All right. So first on the woke hot seat, SpongeBob SquarePants. You guys all know SpongeBob. You know, yeah. our generation like essentially grew up on SpongeBob cartoons. So here I'm going to read you some headlines of random news articles from some well-known um, media outlets and, and some just kind of like regional and local ones. All right. So here's the first one from Fox 10 in Phoenix. SpongeBob is violent. Race is a violent racist colonizer, says University of Washington professor. New York Post. SpongeBob SquarePants is violent, racist, and whitewashes U.S. history, says professor. It, it, it just doesn't say where the professor is. But you should another not one. ever be able to be called a professor again after making a comment I, like that. I agree. Here's another one from Tom Galitzby. I don't know. Some news report doesn't say. I think it's from the UK, actually. SpongeBob SquarePants accused of being violent and racist by academic or academia or something. I don't know. It just said academic. <laughs> and then it says a member um, of academia. It just said academic. That's all it said. It just said by academic. And then the other one is unsettling SpongeBob and the legacies of violence on Bikini Bottom. I mean, it was so, a fucking annoying as shit show. So I'm cool with it being canceled. I liked it when I was like young. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I haven't but watched when it for we were watching years. it, like I, my mom would lose her fucking dude. Mind. I remember you weren't allowed to watch it for a while. <laughs> oh, no, no, I was. I was uh, never not allowed to watch it. Maybe you was... telling me your dad wouldn't let you like if he had it on, or if you had it on, he'd be like, "Turn that shit off" or something. Well, I, they you know they may listen, so they can fact check us. But I, I if it was the case it wasn't me it might have been my siblings but i specifically can remember my mom being like this is the worst show ever like all you would hear is that fucking annoying ah! laugh. oh my god, oh my god dude <laughs> it makes me cringe it is cringe uh anyway all right so spongebob canceled all right next on the hot seat is an all all too familiar group uh white people so we, we talked about the Meghan Merkel stuff with the interview with Oprah. And obviously, as we all know, when something big like this happens in the news, memes come out of it. Memes. Memes. Memes, as the older <laughs> generations would say, and some of the teachers <laughs> I work with, memes. Um, <laughs> I swear to God. Hey, you see that um, meme? <laughs> check out this meme, man. <laughs> So there's a new online phenomenon that's sweeping not just the nation, but the world because of people using, you know, Oprah's face to like make memes out of it and, she had and some other funny things. memes. Her face digital had some funny memes. Yeah. Memes, memes. So you guys ever heard of digital blackface? No, I have not. <laughs> all right. So we're all familiar with blackface, right? Yeah. Okay. Which you know was a Adam's classic it right now. Why we don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> let me wipe that off quick. Um, no, so originated in the Jim Crow era with like you know, pretty much they had, they had digital in the Jim Crow era. Well, blackface originated yes, in the Jim we know Crow what blackface era. Is. I'm just giving a little background. That's all. It was meant to obviously accentuate the stereotypes of, of black people. So now. There's digital blackface. 
which I've never heard of because there have been several memes that I've seen go around that include African-Americans in them. But all of a sudden, it's becoming a huge thing now because of Oprah. But let me just read you guys what digital blackface is. An online phenomenon where white and non-black people share gifts and photos of black folks to express emotion or reaction to anything happening on the Internet. While seemingly harmless, the problem with digital blackface is that it often reinforces negative stereotypes about black folks, such as they are aggressive, loud, sassy, and simply here for your consumption and entertainment. It is another way uh, people try and co-opt black identity and culture without any of the day-to-day realities of being black. So in other words... People are if, if I post a meme using Oprah, then I'm saying that I'm like I've walked in the shoes of a of a black individual. Exactly what you're saying. Yes. So you you only Verbatim. black people can now post pictures of black people. I that's kind of where I see it going, Mo. Dude, um, basically, the theme of these stories is like we are going to become it, it, we are going so far back in time. Thanks to these fucking crazy people that we are segregating Everything we do, literally everything, we're bringing it back. I, I think these people who go by the term Antifa need a little lesson in what fascism is, because it sounds like they really want it a lot. <laughs> it, it is kind of ironic, right? Right. They're, they're so against fascism, but like that's but they want to censor and control everything. Literally, every everything they we just do, want the elements say, of it that benefit them. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, man. All right, Mo, this one's going to hit you uh, particularly hard because as our Ooh. resident dietitian, uh, the hot seat is, well, in the hot seat is diets in general. So here's a few tweets from the people that we despise. The, the, the woke, the wokest of the woke. Keto is racist. <laughs> I can't prove it. That's the best part. I can't prove it, but just gives me white supremacy vibes. What what uh what race is that individual that tweeted it? Um, she's a minority of some kind, I would say. Okay, well, at least yeah. <laughs> I always love it when it's the white people saying right. saying shit. Exactly. Yeah, this yeah. person's not favorite. white. This person's not white. And then Are she they fat. Um, there's only a picture of her face, so I, I can't really tell. My guess is she's probably fat. Yeah. Just well, this, this, this might give us this might give us a hint. To be honest, and this is her too. To be honest, any diet slash anything that promotes weight loss is oppressive. I rest my case, Your Honor. Mo agrees with that. Go eat another fucking Twinkie. <laughs> she continues. Now that she's, you, I sense a backtracking of sorts, but then she kind of goes right back into what she was doing. This tweet was a joke when I was half asleep, but since y'all want to get into it, let's do it. First, keto was originally created to treat patients who had epilepsy and somehow YT woman, I don't know what that means, co opted <laughs> into a weight loss diet. So it's ableist. <laughs> what does ableist even fucking, mean? What, what does YT mean? What is I don't ableist, know. Like, I don't know. I have no they idea. just have created their own world, their own language. They really, they really have, dude. They've created a fantasy world, fan fiction. They, yeah. they live in fan fiction. And is here's one fun? more. I wonder. It sounds just miserable. I'm sure, dude, it's a rush for these. You have to imagine it's a rush for the world. They, they, they all need some fucking therapy, man. They got some deep-rooted issues. Right. Well, All right, last one on the diet. Sounds like white supremacy to me, but yeah, 
Diet culture and fat phobia. Fat phobia. Never heard that word before. Are rooted in racism and white supremacy. Also, for some fun, I'll sprinkle in that diet culture. I'll sprinkle in that diet culture feeds into capitalism all over. Actually, (laughs) arguing doesn't. But (laughs) Um, yeah, so diets. Next on the hot seat, someone who's very familiar with trying to be canceled is our good friend Bill Burr. Yeah, now big Bill Burr fan. You guys heard about what happened, right? This is a joke. Um, so for Again, those of us who don't know, is, yeah, yeah. So the, the I think it was the Grammys. I want to say I always yeah. forget the Oscars, Grammys, all that stuff. So it was the Grammys, and this wasn't even like part of like the main Grammys. This was like some side recording that was going on, and they had and Bill Burr like got asked to do it, like announce an award for like a, the the Latino song a latin song of some kind i forgot the exact genre but like bill burr of all people to announce this they pick bill burr so he's making jokes he's cracking and doing his regular like you know tiptoeing the line of like people cringing but also laughing but mostly laughing and he mispronounced the winner of the award so you have her name i don't have her name in front it's of not me, an easy name to pronounce it's, it's not, not i think penelope lopez it. Yeah. Do you have it? All right. Hey, how many uh, feminists are like going nuts? So how, why is this this white male doing all this Latino <laughs> stuff? He did say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that these that, are all clips. I, would, I, I know that was all I, it was. Oh, though. OK. OK. Hey, <laughs> thank you, Janae. How are you? Was I the only one who wanted to kill himself? During- nope. <laughs> that, that was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. So anyway, so obviously the the woke mob, you know, pinned their ears back and went went at him. Not the first time Bill's Bur- Bill Burr's no, tried to be try canceled. Cancel him. And get home instead. So you guys, you guys know that he has a black wife, right? I do. Okay. So I heard like, them talking about he had a. Um, not white wife. I didn't know if she was right. black. Asian well, she's black. And, and he's, he's very open. He talks about that in his skits and everything like that. He talks about like, he, he seems so lost when like some of the things that she talks about, like related to African-American culture, but he makes it funny and obviously funny to us, not funny to the, the wokeness out there. But this, so here's a, here's a tweet related to that because a lot of pictures like to, to defend him, like, Hey, how can this guy be racist if he has a black wife or something like that? So here's one of the responses to that. While I'm not suggesting Bill Burr is a racist, a white man having a non-white wife can sometimes be a sign of racism. So you shouldn't assume someone isn't racist just because they own a minority sex servant. They may very <laughs> they may very well have one because they're racist. So this guy went from like, I don't think he's racist, but he's definitely racist. And his wife is nothing but a, a black hole. Yeah. That is the most racist thing I've ever heard. Super racist. So fucked up, man. Oh, my God. Imagine what these people, if they use their like problem solving skills that they use to connect eight things like so far removed for actually something good. We could make the world a better place. Right. Exactly. Um, I do love that Bill Burr refuses to be canceled, though. He's the man. That's why he'll never be canceled. All right. Uh, (laughs) And the winner, uh, the Grammy goes to. Natalia Lafourcade. (laughs) 
Dude, you, oh, I will, oh, sorry. I will accept on behalf of her. If I butchered her name, I'm sorry. That is literally what got him what canceled. What got him canceled. Right yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. So obviously you guys hear me like repeat like certain things and like that, that are on the hot seat, but these next two hold on to something because this is going to most about to go to bed. You better tell him to hold on to something. I'm holding on. All right. So first on the hot seat, something we've all been a part of at one or two points in our lives. How old he looks. My God, (laughs) me. How do I look? You can hear me. What? Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> Graduations are on the hot seat. Oh my God. Graduations. Did you so, hear this, Jared? Yeah. So no. there was an article released. Um, several schools, and oh, there's a bunch of ads on here. Um, Columbia University, okay, part of the Ivy League. And, you know, incredibly very, prestigious school. Super, uh, super prestigious, well known for so many things in terms of academics, they are now going to have seven different graduation ceremonies for their students. And it's not going to be separated based on your, you know, your major what it would normally be like it would normally be, or like the school that you're a part of it's being separated by race. <laughs> Or so we're sexual back to segregation. Yeah. Dude, this is, I can't believe this story is real. So here's a quote from the university in general. Complimenting our school and university-wide ceremonies, these events provide, obviously referring to the multiple graduations they plan on having, these events provide a more intimate setting for students and guests to gather, incorporate meaningful cultural traditions, and celebrate the specific contributions and achievements of their communities. So here's the here are the graduations that Columbia University is offering. I'm assuming for this year, the school is offering a Native graduation, which I'm assuming is Native American, a Lavender graduation, <laughs> which is designated for the LGBTQ Jesus. plus community. I, have you guys ever seen that LGBTQ plus? Oh yeah, yeah. plus is just like you, uh, hey, okay. In case we That's the first anything. I'm seeing that. All right. Yeah, you can't forget about the asexuals uh, and everything uh, else. Yes. How could I? Have, They've only I've gotten forgot. a plus so far. You know, in ten years they'll be added. <laughs> Eventually, to the, they'll get a letter. I yeah. guess. Um, an Asian graduation, an FLI graduation, which is for which stands for first generation and or low income community. <laughs> So what? All, the poor, all the poor people together, <laughs> dude. A Latinx graduation. There's that word again, Latinx. Latinx, and a you guessed it, a black graduation. Where do the so, white people go? I mean, they only get the normal, general normal graduation. Like a regular, they have a, the- they have a general graduation with everyone, and then you get to break off into these yeah. racially divided. <laughs> like, dude, this is. This should be condemned at, it, at it, every level. This is literally level. segregation. This is, wait, what school was this at? Columbia University. Yep. An Ivy League school, dude. I can't, I gotta, we got to stop doing this segment. It stresses me out. <laughs> dude, I mean, this is, the, this is the worst thing I've ever heard of. This yeah. is academia, man. We do this, we've been doing this segment for like 10 weeks now. It gets worse Four. every week. And this, uh, this is literally segregation. Yeah. And just like everything, 
I I would fucking bet every dollar I have, which is going to be a lot because I just invested in Bitcoin, by the way. Oh, he's in. You bought a Bitcoin? No, not a Bitcoin. Oh, a whole Bitcoin. (laughs) um, Anyway, um, I I guarantee like no students aside from like a group of five asked for this. Nope. 100%. (laughs) Nope. Everybody else (laughs) is is thinking this is ridiculous. You know, we'll make a Columbia, like their executive board or whatever got together and said, hey, you know, it'd be great and would really sit well with everybody at our school. Let's separate graduations, not based on your academic subject or school. Let's separate it. Let's segregate based on race and income and, and, income and, no, and, 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 and that's sexual the best part is like they, they went through and they're like, OK, uh, all right, we've got the sexual orientation. OK, native. <laughs> Uh, you know, Latin. We got black. Okay, what do we miss? What do we forget, guys? Focus, focus. And then someone said, "Families of lower income." Yes, <laughs> we got them all covered. Don't forget I mean, the lavender. Oh my god! <laughs> this this is like Jared, it should, we it do shouldn't be the biggest because, story ever, but it, Jared, we do this because. We have the people have to know what's going on. We have to stay woke. I know. Otherwise, I know. We're not going to make it in this society. And, We're sacrificing and for the people. J- just like I think Jared may be right on independent news b- media rising above sooner than later. I do think I'm going to be right in that this wokeness is not going to stop. And by the time our kids are going through school, much of this will become mainstream or have become mainstream. I pray you're wrong. I pray you're wrong. Me too. I, I Me hope too. that the Roaring Twenties is literally like the Roaring Twenties where it went from fucking like elevator music to just like sex on the dance floor. I hope that this is what this... <laughs> and then followed by the worst economic uh, hey, d- depression and You, got, you <laughs> gotta do history. what you gotta do. Across that bridge when it comes to it. Yeah, we'll figure that out after. Um, well, at least it can't get any worse than that, right? No. Well... Mo, this might hit you hard because you another got, thing that I can't take another body shot. <laughs> so the, the last He's the uh, kids on the ropes. The kids on, on the ropes. ropes. Uh, the last uh, topic on the woke hot seat is hiking. Yes, dude, Mo. Hiking. You know, a, hiking, a very man. common and well well liked recreational activity. Harmless, well intended. Yep. So I'm going to read part of the article. I'm not going to read a whole thing, but the title, and this is what magazine, oh, this is the LA Times. Go figure, right? LA Times. Hiking has a diversity problem. Keep in mind that the LA Times probably has how many thousands of people subscribing and reading this garbage? Dude, millions. LA has so many people. Yeah. All right. We'll say millions. Go on. Hiking has a diversity problem. These BIPOC groups are you know working what BIPOC to fix, is, right? Yeah, you guys, I, I just wasn't sure if I was saying it right. Yeah. But black, indigenous people of color. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. And <laughs> I'm laughing at the picture. I'll have to send you guys. <laughs> I'll have to send you guys the picture yeah, after. We, we definitely won't get canceled. No. I'm just fucking cracking up about <laughs> stories about race. All right, I mean, it's not our fault. This is fucking outrageous. No, no. All right, so I'll just read the first, like the introductory paragraph because it's like, all right, I'll just read it first. Long time, <laughs> op- long time oppression and historical barriers have kept many people of color from feeling comfortable in the American outdoors. 
Now that now that may be changing. Groups in Southern California, shocker, and around the nation have made it their goal to introduce people of color to nature in a positive way. Their mission is to remove barriers and help people experience the connection, whether they are seeking fitness, healing, personal accomplishment, or knowledge about all the outdoors has to offer. For many, the first step is going on a hike. Here are the groups working towards a more diverse outdoors. And it's just different groups of, you know, black, indigenous people of color, stuff like that. But it's got me thinking, what's keeping minority groups from hiking? I know. I Don't you just story sh- gets to the bottom of that. It's well, I, I, I no, because it's not it's not a real answer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right, only so their lack of interest in hiking that's we, we, we went for hiking. a hike we went for a little like walk a little hike on sunday we got in the car <laughs> whitey drove like <laughs> right we drove 10 minutes to lincoln lincoln woods whatever the hell it's called over there and we parked got out walked for like an hour and a half came back that's it what barrier is there keeping certain kinds of people from doing that exact same thing. Like Jared that said, the only barrier is want to, <laughs> they, they, they would is, prefer to not like, go walk outside. That's, that's, that's totally. And that's totally fine. 100% there. You don't have to go. If outside you pulled, walk. Uh, if you pulled every single minority in this country, not one of them would say, I feel like I can't go hiking because of systematic racism. No, Dude, they if, say, if, uh, anything, nope. Hike- no, but you know what? Thank you. I'm just too fucking Some, lazy. But you know who did say it? Victoria Hernandez said it. No, she's well, the author of this. She, there, there, she's the author of this of this um, this article. She felt that there was some sort of racial barriers keeping. Does she explain any of it? And no, she just sort of. <laughs> of course not. Sense. No. Well, she what she does is she talks about the different groups the different groups that are banding together to combat this and go on hikes. So like Latino outdoors is like, one. that's just such a classic, like liberal thing is like, there's this awful, terrible problem and deep. We need to fix history. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you about how we're reacting to that. I'm not really going to tell you what how I came is. to the notion that it's nope. such a, it's but such he, a big problem. That's not important. What you, I, all I you just, need to know is how I'm fighting this and how I'm making this world a better place. Yeah. So, uh, excuse me, Victoria. How did you come to this? The premise of this article? What is your hypothesis? What is fueling it? She'd say, well, I went on a hike the other day and guess who I saw white people. I guarantee you that's exactly how this went down. Right. Exactly. So the other groups, so Latino Outdoors, Hike Club. I don't know what's a club. No no idea. Maybe club. How do you spell it? C L E R B. My guess it's club, but maybe not. Maybe it's the hood way of saying club. Um, the Black Neighborhood. Black girls trekking. Like, are are, aren't there just normal hiking clubs like that are not segregated by race? I would imagine there are regular yeah. hiking clubs Hike and anybody club can is join. Women's only hiking. Okay. Sexist. I, I would argue that hiking. Oh, women's only the, hiking. What the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> Why? Why do women need to hike on their own and have like why do black people need to hike on their own? Why would white people need to hike on their own? What the fuck is wrong with these people? 
I don't know, man. So and the other two, the other few are outdoor, outdoor Asian, disabled hikers, and American Hiking Society. Disabled Christ. hikers, I can get behind. Yeah, understandable. Sure. I'm all in for understandable. that. Because yeah. they actually can't hike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they need a special group to get them yes. to hike. Uh, no, so, yeah. the comment I was going to make is, is I could argue that there's no more inclusive and attainable hobby than hiking. It's free. You can do it anywhere. It's like mother nature. Like there's nothing stopping people from hiking. Nothing. Not one thing. All these parks around here are I'm totally sending free. A letter. I'm sending her a letter. We should. We should. It's like, Jared, can you can please, please elaborate? If you've done, if you, do one thing for the show <laughs> and email that woman and ask her to come on the podcast. Hey, Adam, if you um, send me her name, please send me her name and I will. I, I, all right. Victoria Hernandez. I'll text it to you. Yeah, All right, I'll, I'll, do, I'll send an email first thing tomorrow. We're coming for your ass, Victoria. <laughs> we're, coming, we're taking you down. Oh, that's exactly what we should be saying about our perspective guest. <laughs> we're coming for that. We're, we're going to cancel you for canceling people. Mo, do you think uh, Black Girls Trekking will let you in? <laughs> um, Probably not. No. All right. All right. Ladies, gentlemen. Oh, are we not Head doing introspective uh, thoughts? No, we, we are. I, I was, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you were asking me to sign off. Nope, nope. I was just uh, getting both set up here. Oh, you got to do your fucking introduction in a second. Am I a fucking detective from the 70s or am I? <laughs> You're grooving, baby. This actually does sound like a song that a uh, 70s drug cartel right. All right. Welcome to Introspective Moment. <laughs> Please introduce that the same way every time. So for today's Introspective Moment, we've got... Um, <laughs> if you... Could go go back. Mo to... loves just going back and thinking about kids stuff. <laughs> I just I just try to think of deep questions. If you could go back to sixteen year old you and tell them anything, what would you tell them? Could be one or two things, Adam. or several. Um, Adam going first on this one. Sure, yeah. I'll go. All right, I actually have three things. Motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, we do this every time. We can never just think That's of one thing. That's why I specifically called that one or two. Well, I'm giving you three. <laughs> you got you to trim one. No, I'm going to tell you them all. Fine, I'll do two. <laughs> that took a lot. I'll do, all right, I'll, I'll, do my, I'll do my top two. That's fine. Fair. That's what I meant by trim one. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. <laughs> I will do. Fine, I concede. I will do two. Here we go. <laughs> all right, my first one, if I can go back in time and shake some sense into my he's gonna combine two and three <laughs> no 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 i promise <laughs> i promise i only do two if i can go back my second and shake... one kind of has a part a and a part b <laughs> <laughs> my my the first thing i would tell my 16 year old self is have a fucking drink when you like before you get <laughs> yes yeah very very valid very yeah. valid so for the listeners i 
didn't really didn't drink at all until like just before my 21st birthday. And you guys know I was very adamant about it. Like I, when did I, when did I make you take that shot of, uh, whatever it was at <laughs> that John's that was party. That, John, that was Malibu dude. And I was petrified. <laughs> you were, it, you were it like, might as, it might as well have been like water with like, like sugar in it. Yeah. Actually I was fucking mortified to do that, but yeah, I mean, all that, right, that, right. that can, perfectly, can I ask this may completely derail everything. Do you no, know why you were like that? I think I was just, I was a rule follower and I was just petrified. I know, but of you like, were the only one, like everyone else was already like drinking. Yeah. I don't, I, like I said, I just, I, I felt like I shouldn't be doing it. So I just was very adamant about not doing it. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Cause like answer, Eric, Eric was just drinking. I mean, he was, he was doing, I mean, what, not like excessively, but he was drinking. Like as soon as he got I mean, into college, every, he was going to parties. Other than you was drinking. Yeah, at like yeah. sixteen. Yeah, I I don't know. It was just something something about it. I just was I refuse. I mean, you guys know, like I was offered drinks and stuff. I always say no. There have been there were like a couple times when I caved and had like a shot or had a beer. But up until like right before my twenty first birthday, I just never drank. So if I could tell my sixteen year old self one thing, it's like, dude, lighten up and have a fucking drink. Like you're gonna be fine. <laughs> have, a drink. have a drink. It's okay. You don't have to get trash but like you know just don't I, have four I, blue I, moons I, I missed the once. whole like not not that this is a uh not that you guys look back on this time fondly but i missed the whole like burnett's phase when like that was like the the go-to drink at like a, a high school party or something like that or just like even college dude just drinking college yeah i just ever college too i i went to parties i never <laughs> drank I never drank insane. at all. Yeah. So I would just it say is like, insane. lighten the fuck you must up. Have been like, I'm excuse me, sir. What the fuck did you just say? To yeah. Me? Yep. I'm surprised I wasn't kicked out of parties <laughs> for, for not having a drink. So I would, I, if I could tell him one thing, I'd say like sack up you puss and just have a drink. I really wish I could do that. Um, the second thing, there's no part A or B. I wish I started investing way earlier. I would have said, dude, like you have a little bit of a savings, take some of that savings. Obviously, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I could open an account until I'm 18 anyway, I'm assuming, right? I'm not sure. Probably I not. I don't know either. Probably not. But like as soon as I'm 18, I would have put like a thousand bucks, just put it in the market, learn about that it. Compound and just interest it do its work. Exactly. Like I've had like a revelation the last four months where I looked more into it. I was doing my own research and eventually I was like, I can't believe I didn't start doing it. And obviously we're young. It's not like, it's not like I'm 59, I'm 20, yeah. you know, but if I could have told my 16 year old self to just put a little money in like fidelity or Vanguard or whatever, you know, I, I would have done that because, you know, I, the more I'm learning, it's like the earlier you start, the better off you'll be. So compound interest is magic. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Ty. Ty, you're up. Um, I don't really know what I tell my 16 year old self. I would say, uh, don't be such an asshole to your parents because they're right about everything and you'll realize <laughs> it in a few years. That's fair. I don't oh, feel like you were ever like too big of an asshole to your parents. You just got in trouble a couple of times. Yeah, that's what I mean. But and then I would like fight back, you know. I, yeah, you guys yeah. butted. I remember hearing you guys butt heads and everything like that. Yeah, and I, I was a dick. I remember like you know at the classic story about you know blocks and Christopher's diaper. No, no, that was Adam, not me. Bullshit. <laughs> um, 
you know, my dad like kicked me out of little league games and like, you know, youth basketball games. Take them home. <laughs> Get them yeah, out. No, you know, just because I was being a little asshole. Right. And it's like that pisses me off so much to think about now. Um, and I, I was thinking about like investing, but I, you know, I don't know. I kind of, I felt like I was like in my head when I was trying to think of answers to this, I was thinking of us like laughing at Jared and Jared's like, honestly, I don't know if I'd improve anything about myself. Like, <laughs> I, I don't mean to say that I'm just awesome. I'm pretty good where I am right yeah, now. Yeah. Like I, I kind of had a similar feeling where I was like, shit, like I don't, I fucking had a great like childhood, like 16 yeah. through 22 is like, I just, I don't really regret a ton. Like I, I I, I would have liked to have pushed myself out of my comfort zone and made more friends in college. But at the same time, like I loved hanging out with the guys at the house, like so much. And like, it I, doesn't I, I thought of the question that. differently than you guys. I didn't look at it as what would I change? I looked at it as more, what advice would I give myself for my future years? I mean, if that's the, well, case, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I would that, say investing, right. I mean, investing, Put drinking. your money away somewhere. Yeah. Like, right. I, I mean, advice. it's not, but it's not like any of us had like serious disposable income in like high school. No, no, college. no, no. But like, I'm thinking like after my confirmation and like, yeah, like what the fuck ever happened to all that money? I never saw it. I think it's in like a it pond somewhere. Stupid shit. <laughs> send, him a, send Chris a Venmo request. <laughs> confirmation money. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> No, nah, I think I get that. I think it was my first communion money that I put into a bond that I never saw again. <laughs> <laughs> this right, steadily so what, growing what if, at a half a point of interest. I was gonna say those bonds are killing it right now. I know they're worth. They were a hundred dollars. Now it's one hundred and forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so my first one was, and this is gonna sound really negative, but that's not how I mean it. Is like everything that you're kind of taught about, like the world is bullshit. Like, yeah, in I'm a, sure your 16 year old self would have been able to <laughs> compartmentalize that. And yeah, and, and it wouldn't really, but it's just like everything is a construct put together with other people's best intentions behind it. Right. Whether it's media news, like the American dream of drive a nice car, buy a big house, like all these things that they say, like you should be working towards and like define happiness and success and all that. Like that's all bullshit made up by corporations and marketing. What? Who was telling you that? Nobody specifically, but dude, like that's when, when you're 16 or not even a 16, most people still like you think like, what's the American dream. It's like literally almost all things, Right. And it's get the corner office at work, get promotions, get a big house, get a nice car. Like it's not like, I don't think it's so much about jobs, but like, dude, like friendships and relationships are everything. Like surround yourself with people you love, like, you know, spend time with your kids and like prioritize that. Yeah, over, but like it's, it's a scale. That's a lot right? of you advice you're giving a 16 year old. You're not going to be well, uh, happy if you're homeless and you got a bunch of good buddies. My point is not, dude, go be a bum. That's I got my road my dogs point. with me. <laughs> my, Jared my, would completely fucking run 16-year-old Jared's life into the ground after talking to him. No, no. I, I, I'm not saying, like, I would tell my 16-year-old self to, like, not have a career. Like, I'm happy with how my career has been. But I think, like, even starting an entry-level job and, like, you kind of drink the Kool-Aid a little bit, you're like, okay, like, 
I believe what these executives are talking about and these managers are talking about. And the more you're involved in it, it's like, ah, oh, dude, this is all bullshit. They're just telling people what other people tell them to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And just like, I don't know. That that, yeah. that was my thought with everything's a construct and what you hear in the news, all that type of shit. Um, and my second one was, I wrote it down, worry less, live more. So not like in an anxiety sense of the way, but just like, like a bumper sticker. Just like, I wish I would have just said yes to everything and not ever thought like, is this a good idea or a bad idea? Like make the bad decisions. Like, I think the memories okay, so like we Mo either would have gotten <laughs> himself to the point where he's homeless because he's a conspiracy theorist and thinks everything's <laughs> yeah. a construct. Or he get himself shot because he said yes to everything. <laughs> no, I, I just like, I think there's so like, I look back to college and like, there's so many weekends where like, I'm like, oh, and I'm just going to like chill in or like, even when we lived at Buttonbush, like, all right, like we're Dude, just going to we stay in. Those were great times. They were great a- times. Agreed. Agreed. But we didn't I'm go not anywhere. I would have, I would have traded them for, like, I wouldn't trade those weekends at Buttonbush for things, but, like, I'm sure I would have traded some weekends of me just, like, chilling in my dorm with my roommate playing Xbox to be like, all right, dude, like, go out and fucking meet other people, hook up with chicks, like, make some fucking awesome memories. Yeah, I mean, you know I, mean? I was kind of, yeah, I mean, as you guys were talking, I was trying to think of, like, other things that would come to my mind, and it'd be just, like, kind of, I kind of had a similar thought process to you, Jared. It was just, like, just do it. Like I, yeah. I feel, but I do feel yes. like I, I, I did. I feel like I lived that way. Like in high school, like I was, yeah. oh, I never, I like, I almost fucking never did homework I, and I wasn't a <laughs> shitty student, but I was out every night, like with my friends driving around doing stupid shit, like having fun, like every single fucking night and like college. Yeah. Like I, I got, I was pretty fucking lazy. Um, you know, and hung around Lambert a lot or, or wherever we were living. But, you know, like I said, I like those are such good memories of mine. Like, you know, us just fucking crying, laughing together, you know, in Buttonbush or, you know, the ridiculous memories I have of Lambert and the parties we would throw there and stuff like that. Like, I feel yeah. like I, I don't want to sell myself short in saying that. You know what I mean? I'm sure you would agree, Jared, because you, you did the same kind of things. It's like, I feel like there's people who lived a lot more scared than I did. But. Yeah, well, and, and that's why I said, like, this isn't me saying I would do something different. I'd be like, just do more of it, right? Just, like, mm. seek out more of those memories in college, after college. Like, just, I don't know, like, looking back, dude, mem- memories and, like, those laughs are everything. Like, that's what makes life worth living, right? All like, those awesome times together. And I wouldn't have even life wanted- with more of them. I wouldn't have even wanted 16 year old me to have changed how I felt about the world, you know, because as I, as I grew up, right. It it came to a head where, you know, you had the opportunity to go to the Philippines and I was like, this kid is fucking insane. Like (laughs) who who would ever want to do this? Like that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's crazy how different we think about that now. And as, as soon as I took the leap of faith to do it myself, all of a sudden it just it was an incredible an incredibly enlightening experience and like you do go through something where it changes your thought process about the world and about how you view it you know and about how big it is and how many people there are out there and how different cultures are um 
and how yeah. exciting it is to experience it that I wouldn't have wanted to know that before I, I made that leap of faith because it made it that much more special, if that makes sense. It, for sure. But I think living through it and not just the fact that the whole experience is awesome because it's certainly not like there's the negatives too that I think make yeah, a it a rewarding experience <laughs> as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Like the, they cliche things about like if a movie was just all fucking smooth and they never had to deal with like any conflict, it'd be a boring fucking movie. Like same thing about an experience like that. Like mm-hmm. it was for as much positive, there were certainly negative parts of it too, where like you have to work through that shit. Um, and it makes, Literally, it, super rewarding. It makes you grow as a person. What? Literally, you had to figure your shit out in, in the bathroom. You had a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I once had poop come Literally. up my bathroom drain floor. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about the other time where you were out and had to. Uh, yeah, that's. I was, oh, well, that, I was that, thinking that what Ty was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but literally the first time when I, not the first time of that, but, but when it happened. Where I had, <laughs> the first time I shit my pants out in public. <laughs> no, it didn't happen twice. <laughs> When, when the poop did come up my floor, it's because literally nobody told me I couldn't flush toilet paper. So like a month into me living there, I just flush one day and poop's coming out of my floor. <laughs> it's like, all right, lesson learned. The more you know. Yeah. yeah so, so that'd be my just live in the moment more, say yes to more things, create more memories. Awesome. All right. I think that'll do it for us. Late episode today. Oof, super late. Exhausted. Me too. All right, boys. Adam? I love you guys.